My bad. Totally forgot about that. Now we're going to have our only sermon by Mr. Mr. Our pastor, Mr. Andrews. You've heard that old adage about if the creek don't rise, I'll be here. Well, the creek was rising, so Art didn't make it. So anyway, uh, I thought, well, I'll just do an amended service today. I hope that uh, you'll be blessed by it anyway, that uh, uh, the message that I'm going to bring is on salvation. Um, how many of you were able to tune in to um, one of the news stations and actually watch the lady that was rescued from jumping off of the Arkansas River Bridge, Lucille and David and some of you. That's fascinating. And, and, and Marsha, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he was holding on to her very much so. She was wanting to, she was wanting to jump. And uh, he held on to her until the, um, um, there was three others that came and helped and rescued her from that. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about that as I was putting my message together this morning. Um, she's going to need a lot of help, isn't she? Psychologically, emotionally, um, she's going to have a, um, a, need a lot of help from that. Jesus made a comment, interesting, um, in Luke, the 13th chapter, about death and about one of the things that this woman probably, I don't know whether she'll get counseling to do this or not, but in the 13th chapter and beginning in verse 1, there were present at the season some that <clears throat> told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Jesus answered to them, Suppose you that the Galileans were sinners above all Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall likewise perish. Except you repent, you shall likewise perish. Or those 18 upon whom the tower of Salem fell and slew them. Think you that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Her, um, her need, desperate need, is actually to accept Jesus Christ as her personal Savior, to repent of the things in her life that have brought her to that particular point. Now, brother, I, she probably will never hear this message um, today. But salvation is out there. If somebody, if, if she would reach for it, and I know she has to be called, but the, the fact is, that is what she needs. She needs Jesus Christ to, and the salvation that can come from Jesus Christ. In Acts, the two in Acts 2, verse 38, we're, we're very familiar with this one also, in which Peter gives the way in which we come 
to be baptized, everyone. Actually, I want to be, uh, read 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? What should be our, our movement in our life? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so we know, and we're very familiar with those, and we understand that particular um, set of things that we do when, uh, when we come to God and we come to Jesus Christ and He calls us. Jesus is that anointed Savior. He is the one. And we know that. In Acts, the fourth chapter, in various, just over one, one chapter, verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If that woman truly wants to be saved, she needs to accept Jesus Christ as her personal Savior. Physical salvation is only that, physical salvation. And they did help her. They did take and get her out of that situation. I will, you know, and she will probably um, just be in for a lot of different things, a lot of psychological uh, helps and things like that. But it's, uh, it's important to understand that uh, um, Jesus Christ is the one that she needs to turn to if she truly wants salvation. Well, let's, let's bring this, um, let's put all of this together now because Peter has a tremendous witness in the, in the book of Acts on salvation. And I want to go through Peter's witness and Paul's witness, and I have a few sections here that I'd like to go through today as we look at salvation, as I put this together. And so, beginning in, 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 in chapter 3, verse 1, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily in the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an, an alms. Peter fastened his eyes upon him, but John said, Look on us, look on us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Well, of course, what a miracle. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. And as the lame man which was healed helped Peter and John, all the people ran together to them 
into the porch that is called Solomon's. Greatly wondering, when Peter saw it, he answered to the people, You men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Or why look you so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man walk? This is the proper way to answer, the proper way to, to bring a message. Because if a miracle happens, you want to honor God. You want to honor Christ. He says the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired our murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the Prince of Life. And God is raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith, and his name has made this man strong, whom you see and you know. Yea, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I know that through ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. Repent you, therefore, and be converted. Once again, Peter emphasizes the repentance that's needed. Repent you, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. This is Peter's witness to them, a powerful witness, the witness of a miracle, but also the witness of the words of truth. He shall send Jesus Christ, verse 20, which was before was preached to you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said to the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up to you of your brethren like me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say to you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which shall not hear of that prophet shall be destroyed or separated from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel to those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold these days. You are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. To you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Jesus, by the way, the name Jesus actually in the Hebrew is Yeshua, which actually, if you go in there, a lot of places in the Old Testament, the word salvation actually is that particular name. And it's very interesting. It is almost like there was this prophetic thing going on by just putting words in there. But look forward to the day when that salvation would walk on the earth. That salvation would live. That salvation would die and be resurrected and sit at the right hand of the Father. To you, first, God, having raised up his Son, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. In chapter 4, and continuing on, as he preaches this powerful message, And they spoke to the people, the priests, and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they 
taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead, oh, forbid them. And they laid hands on them and put them in a hold. In other words, they put them in prison to the next day, for it was now evening. However, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. That's a very large group of, of, of people that heard that message and, um, and believed. And of course, they saw the miracle also. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Ananias and the high priests and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priests were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if, the, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. What a powerful message. All these people gathered around, and they just laid it on to them. This powerful message. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God has raised from the dead, by him does this man stand before you whole. This is the stone which was set at nothing of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men where we must be saved. There is no other name under heaven given among men where we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant, um, that is their perception, although... Um, they didn't uh, learn in their uh, tutelage. They learned at the feet of Jesus. And marvel that they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. There was a powerful miracle done and powerful witness and down through the ages God has brought men through the word to salvation. Sometimes powerful miracles also but a lot of times it's just the word that works in us and we're going to see that a little bit more here as we go on. Now Paul's, Paul had a lot of witness, but I, I went to the end of the book of Acts, and we, we know that he was in prison, that he was in, um, that he had a house, uh, uh, kind of had some freedom, but he couldn't go anywhere. Uh, but he, he was in prison, and he, he was still able to preach and teach. In chapter uh, 28 of Acts, in verse 17, and it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when we, they were come together, he said to them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, 
Yet I was delivered a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans, who, when they had examined me, would have let me go because there was no cause of death in me. But when the Jews spoke against it, I was constrained to appeal to Caesar, not that I had anything to accuse um, my nation of. For this cause, therefore, I have I called you, uh, called for you to see you and to speak with you, because that for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. And they said to him, We neither receive letters out of Judea or uh, concerning you, neither any of the brethren that came showed or spoke any harm of you, but we desire to hear of you what you think. For as concerning this sect, we know that every word is spoken against. When they had appointed him a day, there came many of to him, into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, from morning till evening. <laughs> Paul was a powerful preacher, and he could expound the scriptures. <clears throat> and some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not, just like it is today, isn't it? You can preach this what message, you can preach all this truth, and if they're not being called, they're not going to understand, and they're just going to think you're uh, uh, you know, nuts or something. And, <clears throat> and when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after, uh, after that. Paul has spoken one word. Well spoke the Holy Spirit by Isaiah the prophet to our fathers. Here's what he said. To this people... And say, hearing you shall hear and shall not understand. Seeing you shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross. And their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes have, have they closed. Lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart. And should be converted. And I should heal them. That's a powerful message out of Isaiah. Be it known, therefore, to you that the salvation of God is sent to the Gentiles and that they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came to him, preaching the kingdom of God, teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus with all confidence, no man forbidding him. He had the opportunity to truly preach there in that area in Rome in the, in, while he was in prison. No telling how many believed and were converted. Paul's messages are very, very strong. In Romans, the first chapter, the gospel of Christ, he talks about that. Beginning in verse one, uh, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That's an interesting statement. For I am not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation, even his name, the anointed Savior, 
we come to the anointed Savior. To everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. He says, For therein is righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let's go to Romans, the 10th chapter now, with this thought. The gospel of Christ. Romans 10, beginning in verse 9. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord is over all, is rich to all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And of course, we know there's a, there's a covenant there that we also are to obey that Jesus. If you love me, keep my commandments. With that also, we have to understand that we have to work out our own salvation. We have to work at it. It's not something that comes naturally because there's a lot of forces out there against us. And, you know, the pressure that was on that woman to, to jump off of that bridge sometimes is even on to us because of the things in the world, the pressures in the world. Sometimes they just seem to overwhelm us. We have to understand that God has given us the power through his Holy Spirit to, to be encouraged, to be strengthened, and to, and to work out those things in our life because he's with us. We'll see some of that here in a little bit as we get a little deeper into this. Work out your own salvation. Philippians, the second chapter. Let's look at um, beginning in verse 12. Second chapter, verse 12. Wherefore, my be beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in... Not not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's uh, interesting that, that, that Paul makes this statement, to work out that salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which works in you, both, you to, uh, both to will and to do his good pleasure. If we see God working in us, we see that salvation being strengthened, being, being um, a, a part of us. He's in, in verse, um, I think that, let's see where I went, how far do I went? Oh. Do all things without murmuring and dispute, disputations, or disputing, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked, crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as a light in the world. Do we do that? I hope we do. I hope we shine uh, among this, this nation. It needs, it needs a lot of help. It does. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are hurting. Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I may not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Paul's words come down to us down through the ages. His labor is continuing, isn't it? It's not, it hasn't stopped because it's been preserved. His words have been preserved. His labor continues. 
all of that that he went through, all of the beatings, all the things that he went through are continuing to, to be preserved down through the ages so that we can share in the blessing of the understanding that he had of Christ and the hope that we have in the, of the kingdom. In Romans, the 13th chapter, also, as Paul gives us a little bit more understanding about this particular one here. Romans 13, and beginning in verse 11. And that knowing the time that it is now not a high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Um, for the older ones of us in this audience, <laughs> that is always... Hey, uh, that, that one uh, is for us to, be, uh, to understand. Salvation is close. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of life. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in clamoring and wantonness, not in strife and envy. Put, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the, for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. That's what we just got through, the, the days of unleavened bread. Seven days of taking in that unleavened bread, picturing perfection of Christ. If we put on Christ for that whole week, which is a week in a life, but it's also, um, all, you know, it's a weekly cycle. So... The understanding of that is that we're putting on Christ for a lifetime. For a lifetime. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Well, that is a very, very, very strong um, scripture there. And sometimes very difficult in the world we live in. But we need to believe it. We need to understand that salvation is there for us through Jesus Christ. In 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, we, sometimes we wonder why we're chosen. Why are we chosen? Well, we're chosen for salvation. And that's an interesting statement that Paul makes in 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. We're actually chosen for salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath, verse 9 of chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. For God has appointed us, has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation. We are appointed to obtain salvation. Hmm. Taking it all away, that means we were going to be in the kingdom of God. We are saints destined for the kingdom of God. In 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, he says in verse 13, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through the sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. 
One verse is a gospel message. One verse, a gospel message. Paul had that ability to take the, the unbelievable uh, expanse of the Word of God and put it into one verse. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has chosen from the beginning, chosen you to salvation through the sanctification of the Spirit and belief of truth, of the truth. Whereunto he has called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is also the captain of our salvation. Hebrews, the second chapter. Hebrews, the second chapter. Beginning of verse 9. We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. He is the captain of our salvation. And he is perfect. And he was perfect. And he died sinless. And he died a horrible death. But it was for, all, for everyone that comes to God Everyone that reads these words, it is for each and every one of us because we have such a tremendous future ahead of us. We have a, a kingdom in which we are able to be a part of that kingdom. In Hebrews, the fifth chapter, while we're still there, Hebrews 5, beginning in verse 9. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. Jesus Christ is the author of eternal salvation. He was the first one, wasn't he? To make it into the kingdom of to be sitting at the right hand of the, of the Father. Called of God, a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. First Peter, the First chapter. The salvation of our souls. Beginning in verse uh, first Peter Peter one, beginning in verse two. Elect according to the knowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, to obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. What a beautiful benediction this is that he's put in this book. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. That day is coming. We will be a part of that. Inheritance. 
who are kept by the power of God through the faith of to salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. We are kept by the power of God through faith to salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. Yes, you understand that. They are preserving us. They're taking care of us. They're with us, both the Father and the Son, who dwell in us through the Holy Spirit. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now, for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found to praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Do you not believe that when he appears, we won't be singing? <laughs> we'll be rejoicing. We'll be... Uh, the voices of all that will be resurrected will raise in the most wonderful and most beautiful song as we sing Moses' song and whatever else that God puts in our heart to praise and honor them as we, we come together and we make it into the, into the kingdom. of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come to you, searching out what, of what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glory that should follow. And you go through the Old Testament and you see over and over and over again the prophecies of, of Jesus Christ. Let's turn to Hebrews now. And I want to finish up in this, in this book because I think the warnings that are in here also are for us. It's important that in this day and age, in the age that we live in, not to be, um, what's the word I want to use? Not to be grieved by the sins of the world, the moral sins of the world, or not to be ensnared by those sins, not to be um, caught in those sins, but to look to Christ for our salvation with faith and strength. We are Christ's house, verse 6. Christ is a son of his own house, whose house we are. If we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing, the hope firm to the end, we are Christ's house. And I'm going, to read, I'm going to read some more of this book. I have a few minutes um, in my message. And I want to read some of Hebrews here because I think it is important. Because it, it talks about the unbelief of the Israelites. And a warning for us. We need to believe the, the salvation that Christ, because he died for us, and for every individual that is called, that he dwells in us. He is making his home there, but he's also, we are his house. We are a part of him. We're a part of Christ. We're a part of the Father. And they are bringing us into the kingdom. But if we get ensnared in the world through the temptations of the world, our hearts will be hardened and we will not listen. Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, verse 7, and I didn't, I think, uh, uh, Brian, if you want to, 
um, pick it back up in Hebrews there, um, in uh, verse 7 of uh, chapter 3. Um, or you can just listen to those if you'd like. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation of the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. This warning is that we take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. I think of all the things that the, the scriptures talk about, two, two seem to come out uh, um, about Israel. One was unbelief. They, with all the miracles that were performed during the time that Israel was under the um, guidance of God as their, um, uh, in their theocracy, unbelief was one, and the going after strange gods was the second one. Idolatry. God was so upset with them because they wanted to go after the nations, to be like the nations, even to the point of, oh, we want a, we want a king. And that kingship's just ruined both of the, that whole nation. And God finally just, I can't stand it anymore, and dispersed it. And we know the, um, we know the history. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And I think that's very important for us to understand. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Well, it's said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. However, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom he was grieved for 40 years, was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And in chapter 4 it says, Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For to us was the gospel preached, as well as to them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Well, this word coming down through the ages now is being preached, being taught, being read, uh, being prayed over. We are to... to inculcate us, be strengthened by it. For we have, for we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest on the seventh day from his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, Seeing, therefore, it remains that some must enter therein. And they do, whom it was first preached, enter not in because of what? Unbelief. Again, he limits the days. 
uh, a certain day, saying to David, Today, after so long a time, as it said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, and that was actually, um, I think that was Joshua, had not given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest to the people of God, a Sabbath, a wonderful, wonderful Sabbath in the kingdom. For he that has entered into his rest has also ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Let us believe in the salvation of Jesus Christ. Let us keep this in our heart. Let us be strengthened by the words of God, and let us continue on in this way.